Hello and welcome to West Franklin Talks. Matt Pearson is sitting across the room from me. Six feet away. My name is Dave Cruz and we are here for another episode of West Franklin Talks. Today we hope to encourage you with some thoughts of how to maintain some strong mental health Yes. Uh, in the midst of staying at home, social distancing, collapse of the economy, yeah. all the other news and doom and gloom that's happening out there. Uh we're going about it a little different. It's not going to be Matt and I talking a whole lot today. We're going to play some audio for you. Matt, why don't you set that up for us? Yes. Last week, all of Brentwood Baptist staff gathered together over the Internet, and we had an all-staff meeting. And our executive pastor, Stan Breeden, thought it wise, which he's correct, to bring on Ken Core, who is a pastoral minister at heart, does a lot of pastoral counseling, does a lot of counseling for uh, lay members, just a incredibly anointed, gifted man to the church, helps us process things. Had him come on to talk to us about dealing with anxiety and depression during seasons like this. And I thought it so good and so helpful that I really, really wanted to see about getting that content here on the podcast. And so we have, with permission, taken that content from the internet. And I want to give our listeners about 12 or 13 minutes worth of what Ken had to say to the staff a week ago. So the audio quality is a little different than what we're used to since we pulled it off of a recording. So you may need to turn your speakers up, but don't turn them up too much until he starts talking. We don't want to be responsible for blowing out your speakers. Please. All right. So here's Ken, Matt, and I will be back in a few minutes to share some final thoughts. Uh, obviously, uh, working from home presents some significant challenges in terms of your mental and emotional health. And of course, depending on how long this goes, uh, the greater the danger to our health is. So my suggestion is we start implementing some of these suggestions as soon as we can, just so that we don't fall into any kind of mental health issues. I'm also very aware that every single family, every home is going to be different. Uh, we have uh, four adults in our home right now. Uh, two of those are still trying to do work from home. Uh, Charlotte, our youngest, is finishing her senior year at Mississippi State with online courses, and that's been even more demanding, she says, than being in class. Denise is finishing up with uh, courses at Belmont, and she has to have a little separate space. Caroline has been uh, outplaced from her work. so. We've got four adults with very different needs. That's very different from our next door neighbor. They have two adults and two small children. And so if you're in a home where there is preschoolers, that's different than a home where you're a single adult living alone. So I'm just very aware that every family is going to be different. Every home environment is going to be different. So what I'm going to share with you, I hope will be applicable to everybody. A second thing I would say is, is that um, some of this is going to be redundant. I've been trying to post some of these ideas online all along the way. Uh, I still have some other things at work that's coming out. So uh, if it feels a little redundant, just go with it. I think the two primary concerns that I want to address today are going to be anxiety and depression. 
And let me begin with anxiety. What I want to do is give you some very specific uh, suggestions about how to ma manage your own personal anxiety. These are anxious times because we're living in the midst of uncertainty and we cannot eliminate the anxiety that goes along with uncertainty. Uh, we don't know how this is going to play out. We don't know what the long-term uh, economic costs are going to be. We don't know how this will uh, impact our family life. But what we have to do, I think, is to just do some things in our daily lives that helps to manage that. So we're not going to eliminate anxiety. We're going to try to manage it. First thing I want to suggest is what Stan just said, and that is try to maintain a schedule. Now, let me suggest that the, the reason for this is because we do live by a circadian rhythm. And that rhythm is not just about sleep. Sleep is certainly part of that, but your bodily organs are also on a rhythm. And if we get out of sorts too much from a regular schedule, it does make it difficult. Uh, yesterday or day before, Michael Volbida mentioned this also in one of his emails, and he, he posted a link there to an article that I had written about what a daily schedule might look like if you're officing at home. So it's still small things in terms of keeping the same schedule that you typically have in terms of hourly uh, chores. Uh, one of the things I had to remind myself yesterday was Wednesday. It's easy to get off of your weekly schedule. Wednesday is the day that I put the garbage out. So yesterday afternoon, I had to remind myself to go put the garbage out. Uh, I think that if you normally sleep late on the weekends, that's perfectly fine. Keep whatever schedule uh, is normal for you through this time. That's going to keep you not only mentally well, it'll keep you physically healthier, and it will also help with reentry. So don't forget that it's not going to be too long. We're hoping that this will be over. We'll be back to work and maintaining a schedule. So if you do that now, it's going to make reentry re a lot better. So number one, maintain a schedule to manage anxiety. Number two, begin working on gratitude. Anxiety is about what I don't have. Gratitude is about what I do have. So one of the ways of maintaining anxiety is just keep reminding yourself of what you do have. Let me tell you how that impacts mental health. Uh, there's a lot of research actually being done right now in the area of positive psychology on the effects of gratitude uh, and your mental emotional health. So gratitude activates serotonin, which is the hormone that manages mood and dopamine. That's the hormone that manages your feeling good. Um, so if you can somehow uh, spend some time every day thinking about what you're grateful for, what you do have, how God is blessing you, that can go a long way toward managing both anxiety and depression. So here's a couple things. One thing is begin keeping a gratitude journal, write it down. Here is today what I'm grateful for. Second thing, at the end of the day, list three good things about today. What were three good things that you noticed about the day? It can be simply as something simple as the sun finally shone today. Uh, it can be that I actually finished a project I've been working on for a while, but three good things. Uh, finally, uh, make a gratitude list as the last thing you do before you're going to sleep. So you're lying in bed, lights are off, last thing you do, go through your gratitude list. Uh, one of the things that research has shown is if you, if the last thing you do is make a gratitude list, you will go to sleep faster and you'll sleep more soundly. The last thing that most of us think about at the end of the day is either what we have to do tomorrow or what we didn't get done today. And that simply leads to 
more anxiety. So if you can remember that, go through your day and give simply give a, a final list of all the things I'm grateful for, your great gratitude list. I would also suggest another way of, of maintaining gratitude is uh, sometime during the day, write a thank you note. Uh, here's a great time in our lives right now where we can simply, instead of, as Stan mentioned a moment ago, we can't walk down the hall and speak to people. You can send some of those people a note that says, here's what I'm grateful for about you. Here's what I'm missing about you. Uh, that can go a long, with, uh, a long way also toward helping you to develop some uh, gratitude as a way of managing anxiety. And then the final thought would be practice mindfulness. Uh, that's not the same thing as meditation. Mindfulness is simply a way of bringing yourself back to this present moment. Take a deep breath and then go through three things in your mind very quickly. What am I thinking right now? What are my emotions right now? And what are my bodily sensations? So if you do that, it brings you back to this present moment. Uh, as an example, what am I thinking right now? It can be as simple as what was the, the last thing I was thinking about right when I stopped? Or what do I see in the room around me? What am I noticing in my environment? Uh, putting together a, a, a list of sensations. I think most of you know that we store anxiety in our bodies. So where are you feeling the tension? Uh, maybe it's in your shoulder, maybe it's in your, in your gut, maybe it's the headache that's in the back of your head. Sometimes simply bringing awareness to those things can relieve those. But we do know that mindfulness, not allowing myself to get too far in the future, bringing myself back to the present, can be a good way to manage anxiety. So those three things, get back on a schedule, practice gratitude, and use mindfulness to bring yourself into the moment. For depression, let me mention these, these few things. Stan already mentioned it, exercise. Uh, dopamine, I mean, uh, norepinephrine and dopamine are the two hormones that get activated. Norepinephrine is similar to serotonin in that it's a mood manager. You've probably noticed those times you do exercise, you sort of feel better, you get a little more energy during the day. That's a shot of norepinephrine that you're getting. You, the feeling good about yourself, that's dopamine. So do some kind of exercise every day. I made it a rule here at our house at four o'clock every afternoon, regardless what everybody's doing, they have to go walk. And we have outlined a little path in our neighborhood that gives us right at 8,000 steps. So that's our goal for each day, 8,000 steps, walking in the neighborhood, and we're gonna keep that on schedule. I know I can be, um, I'm a type one on the Enneagram, so I can be very perfectionistic with that kind of thing, but it helps us uh, in order to maintain that kind of, of schedule. A second thing I would suggest about depression is something I'm gonna refer to as prospecting the future. I'm actually in the process of writing a little article about that right now. There's a whole new branch of psychology called prospective psychology that looks at how our thinking impacts our mood. And we do know that negative future thinking leads to depression. So as you're thinking about the future, how that story ends in your mind is going to impact your mood. So if you can begin to imagine a better future, and one of the ways of doing that is every time you find yourself thinking a negative thought, when this ends, I'm never gonna be able to get back to normal. When this ends, my 401k is gonna be shot to pieces. When you begin to have those kinds of thoughts, you use a process called thought stopping. You become aware of that thought, you stop it, 
you replace it with something better, a different future, a different imagination of the future, and then you move forward. It's just a simple little step, but if you don't stop it, you're gonna find yourself falling deeper into, into despair. So just be aware of how we are prospecting our future outcomes. And then the, the third thing here for depression is maintain your spiritual disciplines. Uh, I'm writing an article right now, I'm gonna send out the deacons uh, where using each day for some type of spiritual discipline, things like Lexio Divina, the, the divine reading, how you read and you pray and you meditate and you contemplate based on, on that, that scripture reading, that could be a good uh, resource for you right now. Make sure that you're spending some time in the word every day, start your day with that. Uh, I use a daily lectionary that's on my computer. So when I open my computer, that's now my homepage. It takes you right into my scripture reading for that day. Uh, whatever you're doing, in fact, this morning I was praying for my son. He's the chief of surgery at a hospital uh, in Memphis. Uh, his world is totally turned upside down right now. So I was praying for him and simply called him. So it's little things like that that can, I think can help you, but your, your spiritual disciplines are gonna be very important during this time as a way of managing depression. So those are three ideas for each of those anxiety, depression. Let me just give you two things to avoid. Avoid the TV news loop. Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't watch the news right now. I think it is important to keep informed. Um, we try to watch NBC nightly news with Lester Holt. All right, you may have your own preferences, but we turn it on at 530 and watch that. Uh, let me suggest that when it's over, you turn it off. The danger is that we get tuned into our, our favorite TV news channel and it stays on all day. I can promise you right now, the more you watch, the more anxious you become and the no more depressed you become. So just avoid doing that. Uh, the second thing I'm gonna suggest you avoid is avoid unhealthy eating uh, because right now the kitchen is about 10 feet from where I'm sitting. I can get up anytime during the day and go get snacks. I am trying very hard not to do that. I can tell you now that how you eat is gonna affect your mood. So if we can avoid unhealthy eating, potato chips are not vegetables. So just be aware of how you eat does impact your mood. I appreciate that spending a few minutes of your time by giving you these suggestions and I hope that you'll find them helpful and I wish you all well. All right, and we're back from Ken. We appreciate all that he had to say. Matt and I just want to take a few minutes to answer some questions uh, to one another so you all can see kind of how we're dealing with things and then uh, give some final thoughts on that. Yeah, Dave, um, what Ken had to say was, was so good, as I, as I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, but let me ask you, and you, you in turn can ask me, what is, uh, what, what's one thing that he mentioned that you affirm, that you're, you're practicing in your own life now, and you say, you know what, that is really, really helpful. And what's one thing you, you took away and you're like, I, I, I need that, and I'm, I'm not doing so well with that right now? Sure. So we'll start with the what am I doing well. Uh, the two avoidances he gave at the very end there, mm. I found myself even before he shared with the staff, man, I just don't watch a lot of news right mm -hmm. now. Never have really to begin with, mm -hmm. but even more so now I'm being careful. So, you know, I let myself check the news online maybe once a day, maybe twice at most. I'm encouraging my wife to do the same thing. She, at the very front end of it, man, she was on there 24-7 here recently. I've noticed she's backed off of it. So at our house, I feel like we're doing a good job of avoiding 
the news loop, and then, you know, unhealthy eating. You're a diabetic, so you kind of have to. Exactly. I have a medication <laughs> that, man, if I eat junky, I'm going to pay for it. Even though, even with the medication, if it wasn't a reality, I'd probably be looking at what I'm eating because, man, it just makes you feel horrible. Yeah. What about you, Matt? What are you yeah. doing that's that's positive? Well, about a month ago, maybe a little over a month, I forget where I read it and or heard it, but someone made a recommendation to, uh, at the end of the day or the beginning of the next day, identify five things you're grateful for from, from the day. And about a month ago, I started that. Uh, I don't do it at night, but the first thing I do before I before I open my Bible, uh, before I before I spend any time with the Lord, well, it is spending time with the Lord. Hopefully, I've got a thankful heart. I'm start. I, I write down five things I'm grateful for from the previous day, and David's a game changer. It's 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 nothing to it. I mean, it takes some some mornings. It takes three minutes. Some days it takes five or six minutes. It's a reminder that my goodness gracious. How many things or events or experiences God allows me to have, and so that is that is huge, and I'm very very grateful for that. I wished I could think off the top of my head where where I got that. One of the things that I needed to hear that I'm really struggling with at this at this point is being mindful, practicing mindfulness, prospecting the future, as as Ken put it. There was two different categories, but they're they're kind of similar, and I'm not very good at that. I'm an Enneagram three. I'm always thinking, what next? I got it to do. I got to, I'm a, I can tend to be a human doing, not a human being. And practicing mindfulness will help so much. There are times when I'll come home, Dave, or it's been a, been one of those days around the house now that we're kind of stuck where we are. And I'll just, I'll just bark at my wife or one of the kids and not even realize it. And Katie will be like, what was that about? And I don't even know. Right. And so if practicing mindfulness will help me be able to be in the moment and lean into those emotions that are there. And a lot of times I can tend to be Debbie Downer on the future. I don't want to be that way. I have to fight against it. But as, as a believer, I don't I don't mean to sound cliche or cheesy here, but if I allow myself to really ponder what the future is for a believer, it, it changes things. And so I, I need to put those into practice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is weird. I feel like it's weird for me to say the the area that I'm struggling the most with uh, is maintaining spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Now, let me give some context to that, so it doesn't sound like you have a minister who is uh, abandoning their <laughs> their faith. I have a special needs kid at home who demands a lot of extra time and attention. Constant. On top of that. He is not sleeping well right now, which means I'm not sleeping well right now. So he can be up anywhere from 2 to 3 a.m. and maybe be up for a couple hours and then fall asleep and then wake back up around 6. So I'm finding that because we're staying home, I use my drive into the office a lot for time to pray, time to listen to an audio Bible. Now that I'm home, and I'm not blaming my child or anything for this, it's just the reality of I'm finding it hard to find the space to get away, the time to have that isn't I'm just exhausted and I'm going to fall asleep while talking to God or reading the Bible. Um, So that's probably where I'm struggling the most. And so I cherish the times I do get. If I can turn my phone on while he's dozing. Uh, I'll do that and read some scripture, but I've discovered the nice cell phone screen wakes him up back up. Mm. So it's kind of hard to do it at two or three in the morning when Mm. just laying there with him. So it's good. I mean, it's not good, 
but it's just the reality. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, being aware of that makes me go, okay, I need to be more intentional in all of that with it. All right, so so we've both acknowledged what we're doing well, what we're not doing well. Give give our give our folks here, Matt, some pastoral thoughts for us. Anything you want to add? I could not agree more with Ken on avoiding the news loop. This is going to be too negative. It's not it's not as bad as I'm going to put it. But I feel that every well I know this, every news channel, every news platform has an agenda. And a lot of times if I just watch 15 20 minutes of the news, I feel like two things are happening. One, they want to scare us half to death. Two, they want to blame everybody. All news seems to be is scaring us and blaming people for not doing something the way they would have done it. And so I would plead with our listeners to put that into your minds and do not watch the news often. Show some self-control. Last thing is this. Mental health and mental health sickness is real. If you're struggling, if you're having problems, if you're about to lose it or you've already lost it, and there's just some stuff that you don't know, let, let us help you. If we can't help you, we will put you in connection with someone who can. I promise you're not alone. It's going to be okay, but you need help, and it's okay to get help. You can email me, mpearson at westfranklinchurch.com. You can email Dave at dcruz, D-K-R-U-S-E, at westfranklinchurch.com. Of course, you can go to our website and find others that you can you can email and contact as well. Even though we're having to be quarantined, we can we can still talk on the phone yes. and or FaceTime. So let us let us help you. This is real and you can get help and Jesus can redeem it. All right, Matt, thanks for that word. We're coming to the end of another episode. Uh, We want to take a minute to acknowledge this episode is uh, being released the Monday of Holy Week. So, hey, Wes Franklin, we are, even though we're not able to gather, we are still able to do some Holy Week activities. So we want to put some of those before you. Matt, do you have those in front of you and want to talk about them, or do you want me to? Yeah, let me just mention some 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 highlights for people, and and if you're on our email list, you'll get those, and hopefully we'll blast those all over our website and social. Um, there'll be some Holy Week devotionals for, for available for people, of course, PDF that you can print out or keep on on the screen. Uh, each campus is doing different things throughout the week, and so you might want to go to BrentwoodBaptist.com and or different campuses. I'm sure there'll be links to Easter, Holy Week stuff you want to make sure you're aware of. Our church is going to continue with the Silent Service, Silent Wednesday service. Of course, it's going to be online. We'll provide a link to that. It'll be, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes long. Uh, just some prompts for you to process uh, personally or with your family or whoever's whoever's in your home. You can pick any time during the day Wednesday to do that. Um, the next the next day, Monday, Thursday, of course, we're going to be providing another podcast uh, for you. But that night, it's Monday, Thursday, and I, I want to do my best to lead the congregation in a time of observing the Lord's Supper together. And we're going to have to do that digitally, of course, uh, but I want to encourage you to go ahead and get some bread, get some juice, and be ready for that. That'll be 5.30 on Thursday night, and it'll be, I don't know, 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes. Uh, there's some other Good Friday things that are happening at different campuses, and of course, Easter Sunday. We've got several different opportunities for you to view the service. 7 p.m. Saturday night is an option for you to view the service. Our normal time Sunday morning, 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., and also Sunday, Easter Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. 
all will be the same content, just different opportunities for you to view the service. So a lot of different things, some things I mentioned, some things I didn't mention that'll be available, but hopefully we'll be able to blast those out to you in various forms. Well, Matt, it's been another episode. We want to say thanks to Ken Core for giving us permission to use his audio and share with uh, you all what he challenged the staff with. On behalf of Matt, we want to say thanks for being a part of today's episode of West Franklin Talks. We hope you have a great day and stay safe. We'll talk with you soon.